if you have someone you love, but they can't seem to get into a better place in life. Maybe it's you. You can't seem to make that transition from where you are to where you really, really want to be in life. Whether it's somebody else you're trying to help out or yourself or both. The key ingredient that I'm going to share with you is what's required if we want to change where we are in life. It doesn't matter whether you're homeless and on the streets, whether you have a drug or alcohol addiction, if you look to your life and it looks pretty good from the external, but you know internally you're buried in debt or arguments or something else that other people can't see, even if you've already achieved a level of success, but you just can't push on to the next level. What I'm going to share with you in this episode will be the one single key you need to get out of each one of those situations, regardless of which one's yours. Maybe it's something different, but this is what you need to move on to the next level. So let's get into it. I'm Desmond, and this is your Mental Mastery Monday, episode 160. This podcast is about success for failures. Failures like me, who grew up in a world that valued conformity over creativity. People like me, who have been made to feel like failures in the corporate structured world of education and the cubicle littered world of business. This podcast is a misfit's guide to discovering, pursuing, and achieving our infinite creative purpose. So, welcome home. Let's change the world around us by changing the world within us. One of the things I'm going to talk about a lot in this episode is risk. And one of the biggest fears people have is of risk. It's one of the five fears I cover in a one-page report I put together. Five fears that are keeping you from reaching your goals. Now, we're going to dig into this in this topic, but I want to offer you up this one-page worksheet. It's not even a worksheet. It's just a report, one page that can shed some light on what fears might be stopping you. Maybe for you, it's not fear of risk. It could be a fear of, believe it or not, success or failure or something else. Go get your free report. It's one page, really easy to go over. You can do that at my 5 fears.com. Again, it's my5fears.com. That's the number five. I hope you pick it up and I hope this episode sheds some light on whatever fear it is you are dealing with. It could be risk, but we'll jump into that right now. Let's do it. So what is it? What's that one key thing, that one key element, that one key ingredient, regardless of where you are in life, whether you're homeless, whether you've got a Fortune 500 company you're running, there's one key ingredient that you need in order to get to the next level. Next level may be out of the shelter, or your next level may be debt-free, or your next level may be expanding your business or opening up another business. Whatever it is, that one thing we all need is hope. Seriously, hope. And hold on, because you're like, oh, hope, yeah, I need tangibles. I need, you know, this is a tangible, and we're going to dig into the tangibles of hope. This is the ingredient, and I'll tell you, I'll give you some insight into why this is on my mind. I'm in a situation where I'm trying to help somebody I love get into a better place, and I've become frustrated. Each time somebody fails, each time somebody doesn't do what you'd hoped they would do, what I hope they would do, 
you start to get frustrated. You start to think, what's it going to take? And I just sat there and pondered that really honestly for days off and on, weeks off and on. But I've come to this realization that the key ingredient to get anybody to change their actions or to take action or to stop negative action is hope. Hope is what gets us to change. But here's what's key inside of hope. So we've got the key ingredient is hope, but the key ingredient to hope is trust. And when you look up the definition of hope, it goes beyond wishes and dreams. It's trust. Trust. It's the difference between a dream and hope. I can dream of winning the lottery, but not really trust that if I buy a ticket, there's a very high likelihood I will win the money. I don't trust that that's the case, but I could dream of winning it. Now, if you know me, you know my show, you know, I'm not a big fan of the lottery. I think it creates a different mentality than what we need for success. But I'm just using this as an example. That's a dream, a dream of having the money from a lottery. But I don't really have hope in the lottery. Hope says, if I do A, there's a very good chance I will end up with B. I trust that if I do A, there's a very good chance I will end up with B. That trust, without trust, it's a wish. Without trust, it's a dream. You have to trust that your good actions will bring good results. A scientist in a lab has to trust his facts. The periodic table of elements, maybe one of the facts that he's dealing with, has to trust that that's accurate, has to trust that his math or his calculations are accurate. The scientist has to trust that his measurement tools are accurate, calibrating them periodically so that you can always trust that what you're measuring is accurate. What is his reward for that? The data he gets. Now, it may be data that says things didn't turn out the way you wanted it, but you have to trust that you're going to get to your reward. If you do A, you will get to B. There has to be that trust. And we build trust in our processes. We build trust in our support system that's around us. We build trust in the likelihood that we'll get the results we want. Now, that's one thing. That's, that's trust that good actions will bring good results. We also have to have another kind of trust if we are going to have hope. We have to trust that our bad actions will bring bad results. If we remove consequences for others, and this is key, vital, if we remove consequences for others, we remove the trust that negative actions bring negative results. There's no longer trust that if I do something bad, I'm going to end up in a painful situation because we've removed the consequences so they no longer have trust in that process. Negative consequences must have an emotion as strong as the one we feel about the positive results we're seeking. If the positive is really fantastic, but the negative of not doing it is just kind of unpleasant, we're going to default to the unpleasant versus the amazing fantastic. But if the inverse is true, if the positive is kind of good, but the negative is horrendous, then we're going to take that action. So they have to balance each other out. There has to be that balance or we won't take the action. If we're supporting someone who is needing hope, we must, I can't emphasize the word must enough, we must let them know 
we won't dampen the blow when it comes to the negative. We have to make sure they trust that the consequences will be very real and and very painful if they do not take action. But as a caregiver, it's often our desire to minimize consequences. And when we do that, we take away that trust, and we can't do that. Trust is vital if there's to be hope. A spouse could lose trust in his or her partner. When that trust is gone, hope for the marriage or relationship goes away. Hope depends on trust in all circumstances, all situations, and on all levels. Here's an important part of hope, and I'm going to dig into this in kind of a, this is the meat of what I want to talk to you about. If the dream's big enough, the facts don't count. I always heard that. I always heard that years ago, uh, just, just knowing that build your dream, get your dream big enough. But it's not just that the dream needs to be big enough. The belief in the dream or in the possibility of the dream has to be big enough. If the belief that the dream is possible is big enough, the facts don't count. That's really how that statement should go. Can we dream too big? Yeah, if you're living on the streets and you're dreaming of a private jet, that may not bring you a whole lot of hope. Just sitting there on the curb holding your sign dreaming of a Gulf Stream isn't going to get you to take action. Why? Because the belief isn't high enough. You don't believe that tomorrow or in a year or five years, you're going to be sitting in the back of that Gulf Stream. It's just not very believable. So if the belief that the dream will come true is big enough, then we'll do just about anything to get there. Let me give you an analogy. Jumping from one building to the next. There are a lot of factors that play into this, okay? Those factors are belief, If I'm on building A and I need to jump over to building B, my belief is an important factor. The risk of inaction is a factor. The risk of action, there is a risk of action. That's a factor. The reward of action is also another big factor in this. It could there could be a reward of inaction, but that's that's not really one that motivates us to move forward. So I'm not going to cover that very much, but there can be a reward of inaction. Some would say that uh, some of the social services that we have in some countries is a reward for inaction. So it it keeps people from taking action, but we're going to go over belief, risk of inaction, risk of action and reward of action. So dig into the belief first. And this is what, these are the factors that contribute to whether we take action. If the distance between the buildings is about a foot, so they're they're about a foot apart, right? Kind of probably violating building code in doing that. But if it's about a foot apart, my belief level is going to be very, very high that I can jump from building A to building B, right? It won't matter how high up we are. That would be your risk of action is how high up you are. There's a risk, right? The consequence of failure is I'm going to fall 13 stories. But it, it, even if I'm 13 stories up, but the buildings are only a foot apart, it's okay. I can believe that I believe that I can make that jump regardless of the consequences if of when I fail. The other thing is it won't matter if our building if my building is on fire. That would be the risk of inaction. If I stay on building A and it's on fire, well, I need to take action because my my risk of inaction is uh, I'm gone. So it, even if there was a massive inferno, I, that wouldn't matter if I've only got to jump a foot. So that foot is is playing a huge role in this. It won't matter if your year-old child is on the other building and needs your help. That would be the reward of action. You're going to save your child's life. 
None of those factors will have much weight in your decision to jump. It's only 12 inches. You can do that. Now, increase that to four feet, okay? The other items suddenly factor in as to the risk, as to whether you're going to do it. What if it's only four feet? What if it's 12 feet? What if it's 20 feet? Wait, what if it's 20 feet across, but we're only two feet up in the air, and your child's on the other building and needs you, and this building's on fire? 20 feet across, but we're only two feet up in the air. Well, would you risk the jump? The potential reward doesn't even need to be that high, honestly. It's only two feet up in the air. So the consequence of failure isn't very high. So see how the factors all play a role with each other? They all work together. Would you risk a 12-foot jump, 10 feet up, if your building was on fire? This is the risk of inaction. What if you were 100 feet up, but the distance is only five feet apart? Maybe now you're starting to find that balance where it's like, oh, it's five feet apart, but I'm 100 feet up. If I fail, catastrophe. If I'm only 10 feet up, oh, minor injury. But five feet's enough that it might be enough that uh, I'm going to risk it. What if it's just a tiny little fire, though? Ah, might be worth it just to go stomp it out instead of actually risking the five feet because I'm 100 feet up in the air. See, all of these things, all of these factors play into whether we are going to take action. What if there's a fire extinguisher on the other roof? What if it was just a glass of water? It might not be enough. The reward for our action needs to be high enough for us to risk the five-foot jump 100 feet up in the air, right? What if it was just a glass of water, but we're only three feet apart, four feet up? Ah, That's easy. It's worth it. You can see how these all play into whether you're going to move towards that which you hope for, Right? All of these things all weigh in. And as you move one, the others have to move. So you have to find that balance. And I'll talk about that in my call to action. Is finding that balance, finding that place where you have belief, you have to have that belief that everything is worth it and that the risk is worth it and the risk of action, the risk of inaction, the, the, the reward of action is there and that you believe you can do it. One of the ways you can influence that is by finding a support system, right? If there was a net about three feet down, that might be it. But that's kind of a rescue system. That, that takes away the consequence, right? But what if there was somebody there on the building with you who'd done it before and who said, listen, I'm telling you, to get across this four feet with a 100-foot drop if you fail, here's what you need to do. One, make sure your shoes are dry. And they start giving you advice about it. That's the support system. They're not taking away the consequences. They're not going to stand at the bottom with the trampoline to catch you. That's not what it's about. It's about somebody who tells you a number of things. One, how to get across, how to increase the belief that you can get across. It could be somebody who comes up the stairs and says, the building's on fire 10 stories down. It is a massive inferno. It will be here soon. You've got to jump. That could be the inspiration that you need to go. Or it could be somebody else who explains to you the reward that's on the other building if you jump. This support system, finding somebody like that who supports you. Again, not somebody who takes away the consequences, but somebody who helps support you, helps you believe that the risks are worth it. That's vital. And that's that's one of the things I want you to do is to find that inspiration person. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this. These are these are the things I'd love for you to do out of this episode. Find some inspiration person in your life, an inspiration person in your life. 
it should be somebody who's been been to the other building. It could be somebody who has some some knowledge about the consequences of you staying where you are. That could be your banker. Could be a financial advisor who says, "Listen, you're in trouble financially." Right? Find somebody who's going to let you or who's going to help you build that belief. Build the belief that you can do it, that it's worth it, and that it needs to be done. So find out who's your inspiration person. Start to reach out to some people. Make sure it's somebody, though, is at a place where, I mean, seriously, if if an Olympic athlete were trying to tell me how easy it is to jump across that, I'm not going to believe them because they're, they're far beyond my belief level. But if it's somebody similar to me, similar to my build, similar to my athletic abilities, I I... I I think that's going to be very believable. Listen, I did it. You can do it. Right? That's important. So find that person. Make a point of doing that this week. Now, here's the other thing. Write down those factors that are involved in what you need to do. Or if you're helping somebody else find hope, write down the factors for them. Help them determine what it is that that they need to do and why they need to do it and how it can be done. If the reward for action isn't very high, the risk of action needs to be lowered. Remember, you won't jump across a 10-foot gap to get a glass of water. Remember, the reward for action needs to be high enough for you to risk the action. Find the balance where the reward for action, what's on the other building, is high enough for you to take the risk, how far you have to jump in consideration of the consequences of failure, how high up you are. So take those three things and find that right balance. You need to be scared. If you're not scared, then you're not there yet. When you're scared, but you trust you have a high chance of success, you found that balance and you know it's worth it. Find that balance. This is important for you. Get that all wrapped up in your head. Hope, remember, requires trust. Hope is what we all need to move from our current situation. And again, it doesn't matter if you're on the streets begging for money or you're riding in the back of a limo right now listening to this show. Hope is what we all require if we want to move on to a higher level of living. And hope requires trust. Otherwise, it's just a wish or a dream. Take some action today. I appreciate you listening. Make sure you grab that free report, my5fears.com, my5fears.com. Find out what's scaring you. What's holding you back? Do it. It'll make a difference. My5fears.com. Thank you so much. May your reach always extend beyond your grasp. Unless it's jumping across. Okay. No, I stand by that. Have a great week ahead. Bye.